Hello folks, Tyler here. We're looking to do a big surge on iTunes. We really want to push the old iTunes, you know, get us up the charts a bit, because I know you lot are lovely and supporting all over. Um, so if you fancy it, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, make sure to leave a five-star review and a couple of lovely words as well, just to, uh, you know, help us up a bit more and get that extra bit of support. Thank you very much. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello, and welcome to Uncle Mo's family feedback. We're going through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12, the random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Ty McCrane. Joined with me is, um, he's back from his two week staycation there, um, you know, fitting in with all your social bubbles and stuff that will be horribly dated in a few weeks' time, probably. But um, it's good to have Cal Reader back. He's been roughaging, rummaging even through the moors and what have you and taking as much time as he wants. Uh, it's good to have you back, Cal. How's your little staycation been? It was good. It was very relaxing, as as always, whenever you leave work. Um, and then you could even... It's one, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you could be off for a full month and then as soon as you come back, you realise it's it's like I never left. Um <laughs> But it, yeah, it was it was fun. It was nice, relaxing. Weather was good as well. Um, but overall, good time, much needed. What about yourself, my friend? Myself, it's pretty much same old, same old. Though um, for new viewers, I'm getting trained onto a different market at my work. There, it's pretty much the sort of fix it uh, sort of market where it's like, oh, someone's forgot the account. I'll just add that. Someone forgot the email. General like you know all the. All the dunderheads, all your sort of morons that just forget to add stuff because you know, can't trust people, Cal. Yeah. You can't trust folk as you do. Um, having a bit of a pre convo before we got in here as well. Um, you were getting not assaulted, but you were getting chased down by those pesky cows, those big gangs of cows there. It just happens, you know. You just you walk into a field, just so happen to see. Every ex-girlfriend uh, accumulate now. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you're better than that. Come on. <laughs> um, no, just walk it, walking through a field as you as you do in the good old north uh, north of England, and um, just so happened there were a load of cows there. What just decided for you know what? I'll have a bit of you. You start. You look fucking great. Um, <laughs> And he, they chased after me, chased after some girls as well, um, which freaked the fuck out of them. But I stood sturdy, not to uh, show my fear, and uh, didn't get trampled, which is good. <laughs> yeah, there we are. Oh, please um, drop in either a mother-in-law joke or my wife joke as well. <laughs> to fit on with this ex-girlfriend. <laughs> the episode we're going to be reviewing today is Some Enchanted Evening from Season 1, Episode 13, directed by David Silverman and Kent Butterworth, written by Matt Groening and Sam Simon, with the original air date being May the 13th, 1990. And the couch gag is, um, the family just come in and sit on the couch there. It's, um, you know, Season 1 folks, they're not reached to the crazy efforts as they do in the later seasons. And as always say, Cal, do you have any initial memories of this early memories of that um even though it is season one you know this is released before our time and that um any f- initial memories of it um if i'm honest not really i was watching 
Uh, when it was only kind of when the babysitter came in where I kind of realised what episode it it was. If I'm if I'm awfully honest with you, um, it's 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 a fine episode. It's it's another one of those casts where Carl's can't be bothered with the episode. No, I'm joking. Um, no, it 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 was fine, really. It's memorable in regards to the babysitter stuff, um, but it is very early days where the Simpsons are still getting some footing. We were talking about it earlier in regards to some of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, what kind of went wrong, which kind of makes sense more in the running of the episode. We have actually touched upon it on previous episodes as well, I believe. Um, but it's it's... It's fine. It's serviceable. Um, it's overall just an all right episode. What about yourselves? Well, for me, as far as memories of season one, when I bought the DVDs initially, um, God, uh, it would be like f- over fifteen years ago, which is a long time. Oh, good mm. God! Um, I got all of them apart from season one. Season one was the last one in my collection. Um, funnily enough, and just. I remember watching it with fresh eyes because I never watched it until mid two thousands. I was like, "Oh my god, what's happened here?" Obviously, not realizing that you know every sitcom, any animated show, has their you know rough early season there. Then you find out what works, what doesn't, and then you get your runners going and your you get tertiary characters you work. Who's gonna front the show and that? And um, looking back on it now with kinder eyes, I can see that. But like. Oh, like thirteen-year-old Tyler was very unforgiving with this, but now look at it and seeing like, oh, it's charming. Like the animation's rough as assholes, and um, they didn't know what they were doing. There was like conflict between the Korean animation studio and what the producers wanted, but it's it's it, that's exactly what it is. It's rough around the edges, Cal. I think that's the same with any show, though, really, where it, uh, it it you know the early the early days aren't always the best. It usually takes a little while for it to um, kind of get its foot in a little bit, really. Can you give us some uh, notable examples? Uh, I'm not a. I've only watched like season two plus of Always Sunny, but I'm assuming Always Sunny. I know Community was completely different in the first series. Uh, always no, Always Sunny. I'm I'm obviously biased, but uh, Always Sunny did kind of hit it, hit the run, hit the floor oh, okay. running a little bit, like within the second episode. Um, I think it's the second episode. Charlie pretends he's got cancer and stuff like that. Or it might even be the first one. Um, sorry, the U.S. office, I know. Um, U.S. office, they is tried a big to be one like UK because yeah. they, but that's mainly because they were um, following the the first series of the U.S. office is is basically a retelling of the UK one, and it's only after yes. the second series they kind of get their own foot in. I'd arguably say Brooklyn Nine Nine as well. Um, it's only oh, yeah. a later series yeah. where they get, where they kind of get their own foot in bit more as well i guess breaking in my opinion breaking bad is a very hard series to sell because it's a very good series apart from the fact that it's been overhyped as fuck um but also yeah it it takes a couple of episodes to get in and usually that people don't tend to give it that long but um but yeah always sunny is definitely a series what kind of was good from the outside how we open up this one is um the family just at the troughs eating um, breakfast there and Marge just looks fed up with everyone just sort of not thanking her, not paying her enough attention and such and well, we might as well start on the animation now, straight off the bat Cal um, it's weird, I was looking at Homer's like 
uh, eating animation there eats like some sort of a some sort of frog or some sort of amphibian and they're all eating mushy peas by the looks of it as well it's all just green mush on the um, plate whilst they're just um, eating like animals as well and then you'll see um, like when Marge uh, goes to give Homer a kiss but rightly so she's annoyed and you know just goes for the cup of coffee and not her whilst the kids are taking lunch money and you know not the lunch she's prepared yeah it's just a, you'll see a lot of like m like melding skulls and like odd facial animation here and there cal but jumping straight in uh i mean what do you think the opening just because oh, i'm sorry before you go um as well they put they go they stay on the march so long with like oh you know you got you want to hear your own problems on the radio call dr marvin monroe and it lasts like 20 seconds of her just like looking and then tapping against the table and then making the call just took seemed to take a good while yeah i well from watching it i generally thought this episode uh the beginning was um you know the one where she has a mental breakdown in the car yes you're right yeah. with the rancher relaxo yes. yeah 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 it, it was definitely that that type of uh feel but um you know it's fine i think marge I'm always I'm a I'm a bit of a fan of Marge if I'm honest I think it's kind of come clear of the show you know being she's thirty oh, yeah, it it's clear that she's actually thirty four so she was in her twenties when uh, she first had Bart um, and you know her life's not going the way she, where it's supposed to you get good development in later series where you obviously see that she was uh, an artist and such um, but you know it's it's a nice it's just a nice little it, it kind of shows probably what everyone especially women i assume um kind of go through especially if they've had kids and you know they don't necessarily think this wasn't initially what i'm planned and i feel a bit unloved i guess i am the resident feminist of this podcast obviously so well yeah um it, hit, I, it hits home it, you know it's real it's a real genuine problem there and yeah, I don't have an issue with the theme in that. Although I will say, um, particularly when um, you know Homer's thinking of how to say I, I love you to Marge, and she'll take him back. Like it's technically it's the start of Homer just sort of getting away with mistreating Marge. But with season one, and let's not forget, folks. In fact, I'll bring it up now. This was supposed to be the first broadcasted episode. There, it was first in production. But, um, you know, due to animation errors, um, particularly, like, uh, James L. Brooks actually quoting, saying, this is shit, when having oh, the shit. initial, uh, yeah, seriously, um, we're having the initial um, draft come through, and they had to, like, they had to change 70% of it as well, um, because ACOM, the South Korean animation studio, like, botched it, there was missing translation, the communication wasn't there as well, and that's why they um, extended it was supposed to have an autumn release folks in uh 89 but they just ended up having it uh in december and that's how we start with the christmas episode which i think in hindsight now it's a lot softer it's a lot nicer i mean compared to this this was absolutely the right decision yeah because i um because what you're saying now is is I, I think we mentioned it on the episode when we reviewed the christmas the, the first official episode um is you don't actually see santa's little helper uh, no, um, but it does kind of make sense, you know. It does it. Um, I get especially coming from five minute shorts to uh, uh, you know twenty two minute 
uh, episode, you want to kind of nail it on the head, really, don't you? We have Marge phoning up um, Dr. Marvin Monroe on his little radio show as well. And, like, she's like initially, yeah, the first bit that did actually make me chuckle is she thinks she's through already, like, she's saying, oh, you know, I just, I can't, he won't listen to me, you know, he doesn't care, I don't even think he loves me, all right, lady, save your whining for when you're on air, okay? But she's able to get patched through, and, you know, she's 34, and it's, you know, another unappreciated housewife here, folks, and even some of the guys at work, oh, speaking of the workers in the nuclear power plant, talk about, like, a bunch of BDI, like, window lickers, there is some right... There's some right um, kooky designs in here, Cal, especially that fellow with the beady eyes. And they're just saying, you know, oh, Homer, you know, isn't that your wife? Nonsense. My oh, wife what? worships the floor I walk on. Yes. I mean, your season one Homer is, is pretty much as good as it gets for the real Homer, <laughs> Cal. I've got, I don't know, I've got a soft spot for it, but just knowing how it morphs into the one we recognise and love now, where it's, you know, very like, you know, 50s dad type, you know, Oh, frosty chocolate milkshakes and what have you. It kind of feels like he's just, you know, kind of cornering his mouth a little bit and he's talking like this. Mm. He's already got something in his mouth. Marge just reads him the right act on air, doesn't she? You know, what do you do? You remember any of the examples, like what the issues are? Um, that he is fatter. He's fatter than he was before. Um, Mm -hmm. he had. He has more hair. Um, uh, back in back in his twenties, he doesn't. She just feels underappreciated as well. Um, while while she was crying, um, and he used to eat with utensils. Oh yeah. Like, how do you just give up knives and forks? <laughs> this is quicker, man. You don't understand. Marvin gives her, you know, harsh reality. You know. Okay, let's see. Next, we have Marge. She's 34 and trapped in a loveless sham of a marriage. Hey, turn it up. I love hearing those wackos. Tell me about your husband, Marge. Well, when we were dating, he was sweeter and more romantic and 40 pounds thinner and he had hair and he ate with utensils. (laughs) What was that last thing you said? Hey, isn't that your wife, Homer? Don't be ridiculous. My wife worships the ground I walk on. Marge. It's what I call harsh reality time. Oh. Your husband sees you as nothing. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. No, no, no. Don't hang up. The pig has made you into his mother. You are not the hot love object you deserve to be. Really? I'm as sure of it as I'm sure my voice is annoying. Marge, tonight, the second he comes through that front door, you've got to tell him you're fed up. And if he doesn't start loving, you'll be leaving. Leave her? Please, don't use his real name. Leave Pedro? <laughs> Can you be that honest, Marge? Yeah. You'll tell him right when he comes home from work. Yeah. Say it like you mean it. Yeah! <laughs> you deserve to be treated like any woman, you know. You're no longer the hot love object you desire to be, you know. You're just the frumpy mother of the house, and you need to regain that. You need to... Tell him that you need loving, or otherwise he's leaving there. And Marge takes this advice, and um, yeah, fun little bit here, Cal. Um, what um, what happens with his name? Uh, he says, is it when he says he uh, he's um, set more confident than how his voice is annoying as well? Have you said that bit yet? 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's You're right. Good, that's a good little, uh, little dig kind of thing. You got. He's a good character, Marvin Monroe, and then they kind of get rid of him. Yeah, because Shearer did not want to keep doing that voice. Did he really? It's right. Much like, okay. Yeah, it's much like um, with Otto. Although yeah. thankfully, his I think his character's a bit better. But again, it's that harsh, gruff voice that. Um, yeah, I don't see any voice actors wanting to keep doing that. So yeah, yeah limited role to <laughs> say the least. Because then there's one of the clip shows a little bit later on. He goes, which uh, which one of these characters? Um, uh, seemed dead. Uh, popular characters, and he goes, "If you said Mar- Marvin Monroe and uh, Bleeding Gums Murphy, you're wrong because these characters were never popular. They were never popular." <laughs> <laughs> I also really enjoyed the bit where um, Marge is so like, "Oh wow, I must do this," but you know, leave Homer. No, please use a name of anonymity. Leave Pedro, <laughs> and they all crease. So Homer's looking to drink his sorrows in Moe's bar. And this, I guess if it was broadcast first, but um, I think maybe it was, you know what, this is not the first uh, crank call to Moe's Cow, but it's definitely one of the earliest. I can't think what episode's got the original, but um, I guess we'll have a brief chat about it now. What do you think of the crank call uh, runner throughout the series there? Do you have a favourite? Do you think it works? Or are you a bit, or is it a bit like a pastiche now? Uh, it's part of, it's part of the show, isn't it, really? Um, it, it kind of comes across... You know, there's little bits where uh, in this episode which you kind of realise dotted through how um, it's supposed to be the first episode like this. Where it's, yes. you know, the first joke. Yes. He, he says, I'm going to kill you. And that's it. He doesn't go so violent, which I guess, he, you know, kind of developed over time anyway. Um, but the crown calls, are, uh, they're a stable, staple of the... Uh, uh, of, the, of the series more than anything I think one of my favourites is either when um, Homer's at the, at the bar as always uh, Bart calls him up and then Marge sends him over to the um, uh, yes to the bar that's a good one uh, it's when Homer gets fired isn't it um, and then another one where he someone prank call, uh, Bart prank calls him but then uh, I think somebody picks up by accident I think it's oh, like, is that huge ass? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my favourite one as well. There's yeah. actually a gen, a well to do gentleman. Oh, well, better old next time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a nice young man. That is my absolute favourite cow. That's a cracking choice. That is fantastic. As said before, he's um, based off Rich Hall. He's a comedian, more famous yes, over here he than is. I think he is over in America. Um, but did he just used to live with like one of the writers or something like that? Yeah, he was pally with um. Like a certain producer, a certain writer, and mm. when it, especially when it gets to like the POV, well, um, looking straight at Mo there from Homer's perspective, like it always, it reminds me of. Um, do you remember that shit horrible Zelda CD-ROM game where like the horrible animated? Yeah, um, yeah. You want it? Well, then you can have it. Buy this bomb. It's um reminds me of that, but yeah, you, when I see Rich Hall, I can't unthink Mo like now because it's the absolute truth. Lamp oil, rope. Bombs? You want it? It's yours, my friend, as long as you have enough rubies. To be fair, this this bit's probably my favourite part of the episode, if I'm honest. Cause it, oh. I, well, either this or there's one a little bit later on. Um, but it's just kind of the sound advice what, what Mo gives, where he's still a creep, but he's not gone all perverted yet. And he's just, he, he is still, you know, just the wise bartender. 
Yeah. Uh, behind, you know, who gives good old advice to hopeless drunks like Homer and uh, good old Barney. Hey, you can have it with me. You got a domestic situation? You might say that. My wife's going to leave because she thinks I'm a pig. Homer. What? Marge is right. You are a pig. You can ask anyone in this bar. What? Hey, Barney, am I a pig? You're more of a pig than I am. <coughs> oh, no. See? You're a pig. Barney's a pig. Larry's a pig. We're all pigs. Except for one difference. Once in a while, we can crawl out of the slop, hose ourselves off, and act like human beings. Men are pigs. Yeah. You know, Larry's a pig. Barney's a pig. And um, oh, I'm glad they... um found that you know trademark burp of barney's now yeah rather than this like realistic well it sounds like a pig getting slaughtered or like a pig belch there <laughs> first time we'd see barney as well if this was an alternate history and he's got blonde hair and the belch as well and oh it's a, yeah it's very a uh, very surreal looking back at it now so with this advice that mo gives him you know you got wine and dynamite show that you know she is still the you know hot babe that he did marry and that she's always been you know, you got to take her to a hotel, take her to a dinner, and don't come back till the night before or till the morning after, wink, wink. And so with this, Homer leaves, and I'll do little bits and pieces of notes here, folks. Um, I've got here when Homer visits the flower shop, Homer jumps into a big green fucking void. Why is everything, like, obviously the plants are a given, but why is the ceiling and the floors and the walls green, cow? <laughs> Jesus. I uh, I didn't know it's that to be fair. I think you you've kind of got this pure hatred for season one. That you just uh, I'll tell you what, hot thing. take, folks, that I'll try and do in a tweet, and it won't bang. But still, I'm not bitter. Um, I think season twelve was better than season one. Ooh. And there's a lot of Ooh. boring, uh, dodgy shit in season twelve. But um, yeah, we'll try and get the ratio on that, folks, on Twitter. But um. <laughs> Would you prefer to watch a series full of fucking the tennis court episodes, the infamous tennis court episode, or, you know, nice, light-hearted stuff like oh, this? God. Um, oh, God. Damn it, see, I, I knew you were going to pick one of those. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, right. I'll right, tell you what, in that case, you've made a very good argument, Cal. Um, with this, even though I find bits of it, you know, rough and, you know, bad animation, I can get chuckles out of it. Whereas uh, with Tennis and Medicine, it's dragged out, generally unfunny. So, you know what? That is a point to you, Cal. So Homer, you know, being such a Romeo, um, he's bought Marge exactly one rose there. One rose. Nice and thrifty. So Marge, you know, is adamant. You know, she's going to confront this no good motherfucker Homer. Um, she's just staring lasers through the door. Then you get to see the clock ticking in the background as the kids... <laughs> Well, quite frankly, getting neglected with their food because Marge is so, you know, she's got the red mist right in front of her there. She even does a little turn and a growl, which I can see why you thought this was Rancher Relax and Raxo Cal, because this ex happens exactly when she's in the car and loses it. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, well, there's only one of you. I'm, I'm working against three of her siblings, or four, there's four of us in total. Oh, um, God, you are, yeah. <laughs> so I've been in very similar situations where... You know, good old, uh, good old trying to ask mum for for something nice or whatever, and she just turns around, and she's like, "Shut up!" I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it wasn't me. He yelled at you, so it's fine. Like, you're the worst. 
we we always used to have because my dad used to work away a lot. Um, we used to, when when we were just kind of pissing about, not doing anything because my, not to say like my dad wasn't in my childhood much, but because he was working away a lot, he was more just like a a voice on a phone where we'd talk to him yes. sometimes because obviously it's before you know like FaceTime and Skype and Zoom and all that. Um, so if we were just pissing off my mum, she'd just be like, "I'm calling your dad." So no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Like he could, like he'd do anything, other than just like stop pissing yeah. your mum off. But <laughs> it was just always like, like when you go right. If you if you keep playing up, I'm gonna get the man. Yeah, exactly, the man. <laughs> Whilst Marge is, you know, piercing lasers at the door, ready for Homer's arrival. There, um, we get. I, I will say, I'll be a creative little animation sequence with you know the phone having you know fits of rage, you know, getting seen the sharp jagged teeth there. You know, matching Marge's mood there, but again, I think it just went on too long. Cow, I've timed it. I think we're talking like it's. I know it's over thirty seconds because the skip buttons are ten seconds, just shy of thirty seconds probably. Um, and then you get to your eyes go red, and I know Matt Grainin himself. Um, he always wanted The Simpsons to not be like a cartoon there, so he's always got issues when like stuff goes really cartoony. Like he had issues with them. Um, the slamming doors here, they've got like a little rubber Hanna-Barbera effect where they like bounce, and he didn't like Marge's eyes here as well. Um, but I, I mean, I mean, what did you think with this then? Did you think it went a bit too long? Like I thought with the open sequence went a bit too long? No, like I said, I think you've just got a pure hatred for The Simpsons and everything what was made out Absolute of Absolute venom. Um, I know your ranking. He's told me off air viewers, and he'll probably edit this out. But <laughs> it always goes dishonored, or whatever it's called, disenchanted. Okay, I don't even know what it's fucking called because it's that shit. Oh, please, Dis- don't do me like that. He's he's a big fan of disenchanted. He's got a big back tattoo of, of Blinky or whatever one of their fucking characters is called. Um, and then he says the Futurama films, not the actual series of Futurama, which is my offshoot rip off of this podcast which i keep on making but don't tell anyone about or release um just kind of run in my room about random episodes if i'm honest when i'm really drunk um and then he says and he told me this in confidence he went cal do you know what my favorite uh, series of matt Groening is i went what he went family guy i went tyler but tyler and he was like no and he started to hit <laughs> he started beating me and shit i was like but tyler it's oh. not even uh, family guy <laughs> Shut up. That's why hey, I'm not on I, it. They, they had a fantastic crossover where Homer and <laughs> you know, essentially washed those cars there. It was the pivot of uh, animation of daytime TV. How dare you? We have Homer, you know, he's going to bite the bullet here, folks. He's got his heart full of candy and his single rose there. Marge, I uh, <clears throat> love you. All right, man. Marge, honey, I love you. Oh, well, Marge, I love you, baby. Mm. Marge, sweetie, honey, honey, uh, this will never work. And again, you know, I enjoyed this bit for what it was, Cal. Again, just sort of hearing the season one Homer voice there, and my favourite out of those three has got to be, you know, Marge, uh, I love you, baby. <laughs> Even goes for the one the approach as well, um. But he reaches the door, and this now this is like this has to be based in real life there because 
Marge doesn't even hear the door go. She hears the keys getting out of the pocket, and then she's fucking door right open there. Um, lovely little touch there, Cal. And well, what happens when she sees Homer in the rain, looking sad with his one flower? She feels sorry for him. She realizes he did actually try, and you know he uh, he he just want uh, he bought her a rose, a rose, and. If it was a later series of The Simpsons, it you know the, those chocolates would probably be half eaten. It's he it, it, it tried his best, didn't he? Bless him. Yeah, well, with um, you know, first eyes watching this in nineteen ninety, it's genuinely sweet, and you can take him back. But obviously, diehards and good fans there, you know, knowing what you know now, it's just like this starts a path. <laughs> this starts like horrible <laughs> behavioral patterns and that, but um. Yeah, I mean, for what it is, it's nice. It's very, um, it's very stock sitcom. Cal, mm. I'll give it that. Definitely, yeah. I I've tried it with with previous uh, previous girlfriend before. It didn't go down as well as this because of, um, I was a little bit late. <sighs> Tell me, did you put the voice on as well? <laughs> no, I kind of. I was a little. I was running a little bit late because I was out gallivanting with one of our, uh, one of my uh, good friends. Um, but he and kind of ended up a little bit later than initially planned, um, and especially later because I I knew I was late and she'd be pissed off at me, so I went to pop to the shop uh, near her house and bought wine and and sweets and stuff like that. Um, tried getting flowers, but there weren't any. Uh, then kind of went the wrong way back to her house, <laughs> got so I was even more <laughs> delayed. Um, and then. I kind of opened it and she was like, there you go. And she was just like, what, you think buying me shit gin and uh, sweets will make it better? And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Love oh, this is Tesco's own, how dare you? <laughs> it was, oh, I'll dare you, it was co-op. They don't, <laughs> they don't know what Tesco is in uh, <laughs> places abroad. Um, so, yeah, so then it didn't go very well. And then I kind of calmed it down a little bit, I think. Um, however, she got pissy when I asked for some bit of sweets. <laughs> she was like, you're drinking my wine. I was just like, it's our wine. We are one. So Homer runs down the pond with Marge, and Marge is loving it there, but, you know, oh, you know, it's so late. How are we going to get a babysitter this time? And, you know, hey, no problemo there. And they phone up the rubber baby bugger babysitting service there. And we have, I know, on one, Cal, there we go. We have um, June Foray as the receptionist there. Do you have... Any idea about June Foray and the legacy that woman's lived, Cal? I don't. I know you're lying because it was actually seventh take. I'll tell you people. No, it wasn't. It was. He said it in one. Um, no, I don't. Pray tell. Well, she's essentially the well, one of the um, you know pillars of uh, voice animation there and animated voice, what have you there. And people think of Mel Blanc and Scooby Doo and Looney Tunes and that. But even before that, you know, there was a uh, June Foray, and she did. Rocky and Bullwinkle there. She was a, uh, you know, the granny in the Sylvester and Tweedy um oh, yeah. cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. She was also um the grandma in Mulan. Right, okay. As well. And I mean think think of well, even to bit part voices in that, she's been over Disney, uh, Nickelodeon, MGM, you name it. And she had a career that lasted I think just shy of eighty years. Wow. Yeah, so uh, from like the twenties to twenty fourteen, she retired. She's Incredible life. She's still alive, or 
No, uh, passed, unfortunately passed away in 2017, but like at the age of like in the mid 90s or even yeah. 97 there. But yeah. like like such a you know pillar there. Um, yeah, incredible. Oh, 99. 99. 99, Cal. That's but yeah, an absolute legend. Like got an Annie Award. She was also instrumental in um, getting the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. That category up and running. Nice. A big proponent of that. So. Yeah, amazing, and it's just great to like. I can hear the Granny and Sylvester mm. cartoons in that voice as well. Like, Lady, you've got to be kidding me! And yeah, I think for the bit she she does, she does a good job. Cal, yeah. what what about you? Yeah, no, I think I definitely. I didn't know the whole um, backstory, obviously, but yeah, it's a re- very recognizable voice kind of thing. Yeah. Homer, you know, he phones up as you know the Samsons instead, and they managed to get one. Thankfully, you know, because the Simpsons are you know. They're quite nice, and you know they're just a little bit misunderstood. Damn it! And we're getting the scene where you know they're prepping and they're getting ready. And for me, folks, um, this is where it really picks up. Where um, you get to see them, uh, you know, getting ready and changing, and you get the kids watching them as well. Um, and this took me back to when I was a kid and just seeing my dad get ready. Um, when I get dropped off to my grand and granddad's flat there, whilst my mum and dad went on a little um. You know, mini night out there. You know, back in the nineties. So I always remember, you know, my dad prepping his clone of that and sticking on his best like um Matalan shirt there. And he won't mind me saying that because that's just like that's how he lives his best life, folks. But I mean, what do you think about this? Um, is this pick? Does this pick up for you now? Um, like I said, my my I was I'm one of four, so I know it's not there's people out there is one of six and one of nine and stuff like that, but uh, they didn't really go out much to kind of get ready unless we were going out as well but um you know it, my dad my it, even to this day my dad will just literally will just go he's it, very quick it shower shave after shave shirt boom done and then he's just waiting 20 minutes for his, uh for 20 to 40 minutes for my mum to get ready um but it is it's kind of it, you know it's a good thing seeing him get dolled up and stuff and you know um it's a nice little interaction between Lisa and Marge. Uh, you know, she kind of sees... With a big giraffe neck there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we hear a knock at the door there and Bart answers. And we have um, the babysitter in, Miss Boss, come through there. And um, now, I will say, I think they've done a great job here. Mm. As far as... I know we talked about... I've talked shit about the design and that. But um, just, she looks like a typical villain there. Very much um, reminds me of like you know your old Disney villains and that there just the twistedness in the face and you know the big beak on her and that and you can just tell she's going to be up to no good and that but um, even the voice as well um, Penny Marshall who did this role I think she does a great job at you know just a slight bit of menace but then you know it's just sort of a dullened tone as well there um, what do you think about the arrival of Miss Botts and what does she do for this episode, Cal? It's good. She does, like you said, she does lift it up a bit. It's a good design for her. She looks menacing. She looks like somebody who doesn't particularly like kids that much either. It's a, it's a good overall design, and you, you know, you you do have the kind of foreshadowing because you see her in the background um, when Homer Sampson calls. Good yes, point in this do. as well is is the fact that she continues to call him Sampson. Um, the yeah, good continuity there. Miss Bots comes in, you know, gets introduced there, and you know they've got everything ready. Here are the numbers there if you need contact us there. And um, oh, we'll go to bed at this time there, but the kids, uh, Bart and Lisa can stay later. Here you go. They can watch the happy little elves at the time, and 
Lisa's ecstatic there. Maggie obviously doesn't know what's going on, but oh, Bart's reaction here. I've been there before. No, the elves, the elves, and nice little dramatic animation there. Now, did you obviously having multiple siblings there? But um, did you ever have to go through this like, oh no, do we really have to watch like um, I don't know Thomas the Tank Engine there or? Yeah, so uh, it was always Matilda. You know, when you're a kid and you just really watch the same things over and over and over. Oh yeah, you got to again. Yeah. Um, it was Matilda, which is actually an all right film. I've I've really watched it since, and you know, I I do have a, a place in my heart for that film. Um, and it was Charlie and the Chocolate Chocolate Factory from the seventies as well. Um, partially because that was the well, that was one of like free takes what works up at my nan's house. Um, I did we. we did, they they had a bunch, but none of them did already been like rewound and worn to shape. Really, um, I think the first time I watched Bambi was in university actually because the epi- the tape what they had was oh, so broken right. and so warped and shit. Um, and I ended up falling asleep in that as well. This one, see, with my niece, she doesn't. It's not necessarily films per se as much. She doesn't really have the attention span for him. She likes him. She likes more in the background. Um, it's more stuff to do with like dinosaurs and stuff and there's like a um Ooh, good choice yeah there's this you know the people who did baby shark um oh yeah, song. yeah. It's, a, it's a youtube channel called pink fong or they've got the rights to it as well um they do a load of dinosaur stuff and there's one what's actually like it's quite catchy <laughs> if i'm honest i tend to put it on uh to listen to it when she's here i've got an excuse to listen to it i think for me um I think maybe it was just at the point where that's when I knew, like, oh, I grew out of those kids' shows. I don't know how old it would have been. But um, do you remember there was a Thomas the Tank Engine film with uh, Alec Baldwin? <laughs> I do not know. What? Yeah. Playing who? Uh, Thomas? Yeah. Oh, okay. He plays, like, um, like one of the conductors in it as well. And um, I think I just watched that and then... I th- because it was CGI mm. and not like oh I, I tell you what I grew up on Ringo Starr and you know mm. you oh let's move each intricate piece there you know you stop motion animation yeah. and that big fan of Postman Pat and all your 70s 80s stuff rhubarb and custard yeah um but yeah um then I watched that film was like oh this is like disheartening this this is not what I like mm. I think I've, I think I'll best move on so like having to know like oh my granny got rid of all those um, good VHS tapes in a jumble boot sale. We'll have to watch like this horrible film uh, to pass the time. So that's my The Elves, The Elves moment, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Oh boy, the happy little elves meet the curious bear cub. Oh, the elves, the elves. Come children, let's go watch the happy little elves. Look lady, we've seen the crappy little elves about 14 billion times. Maybe we can watch some real TV. I said we're gonna watch the tape. Oh, that's merely suggested viewing matter, lady. Mom lets us watch whatever the hell we want. I said you're gonna watch this tape, and you're gonna do what I say, or I'm gonna do something to you. And I don't know what that is, because everybody has always done what I say. We get a great bit of animation here. Um, possibly one of the best bits of animation The Simpsons ever did. Where um, uh, Miss Botts gives Bart that threat with, you better watch this tape, because, you know, no one's ever disobeyed to what I've done, so you're going to watch it and like it. Mm. And it's just so fluid as well, and her hair and, like, the change into, like, that 
menacing smile. This yeah. is brilliant, Cal. Yeah, definitely. I don't know where you were going to go with this like, this bit. I thought you were going to be um, a bit more argumentative, a bit really sarcastic about it. But no, yeah, you're right. Um, it is very, it's, it's just a very nice, clear flow mm. in the animation style, um, which kind of, you know, it has a few diamonds in the rough a little bit. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm looking. I'm just looking over some of the information, uh, some of the trivia on this episode as well. They scrapped about seventy percent of everything. Yes, you're right. According to Al Jean, viewers thought this episode was the best episode of the season after the season ended. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. Mm. I, I couldn't get that either. But um, I don't know what what would make him think that just because it's like I think, a I think it's sitcom episode or it's the. I think it's just probably because it's the last episode, isn't it? It's the most. You tend to remember the last one because it's. Yes, that'll be it. You're right. Yeah. We have, you know, Homer and Marge there. They're at the fancy restaurant now, and these. I tell you what, these bit, these bits are cute. Like this whole, um, you know, the end of second bleeding into the whole final act there. Um, mm. Yeah, this is where it really picks up for me, Cal, and I thoroughly enjoyed it more and more. Um, especially with these little cute gags of you know, Homer picking a lobster. Oh, why didn't you try one that's alive? So, wait, why is that one? Is that one not alive? No, they float when they're dead. Oh, I'll pick that one with the beady eyes. Like any old one. And then you've got, um, obviously, them chuckling away to each other and then they run out of champagne. And, you know, waiter, can I please have your second, um, mo- Se- your second cheapest? Second cheapest champagne. Yes, that's it. We're back at the home. And Bart's absolutely sick of the happy little elves there because you know what happens, you know, nothing's going to change. You know, they find that Captain Crook's uh, treasure, you know, they all end up stupidly dancing. I puke the end there. <laughs> this is a very good kid response there. Oh, Bart, you just like chili, you know, the, the elf that couldn't love. <laughs> yeah, that's generally like something a kid would say, oh, you're like this character, you know, yeah. stinky one. Is, your niece hasn't hit you with that yet, has she? No, no, she's too young. Too young, thank God, to not break my heart like that. And what do they um switch to there? What does Bart want to watch instead? Um, I can't remember the name of the uh, the episode, but it's kind of like a uh, watchdog kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's like your crime watch types. Which I kind of... I, I did like the animation in the background of the characters, and just how erratic they are, even though it, it's quite, it does look quite cheap in regards to this kind of loop in what they're doing um you, you got your fellow with the big bop 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 yeah <laughs> mouth like pugwash this person washing uh what going around in the background just pacing around and shit um but yeah have you ever watched because our watchdog isn't as dramatic as the american version i went through a stage i think last year where i was just watching full episodes of um like their version of cry uh, watchdog slash crime watch kind of thing um and it's just so dramatic it's fantastic i'd highly recommend it um, i like um i remember i was watching a few before i'd um go to work and that mm. um but then like all of a sudden it got into like proper serious cases like um oh this old man got burgled and then died of a heart attack due to the oh. stress fit i was like no give me the ones where it's like a geordie woman's um had a purse snatched there by like someone with one leg yeah we also have um oh Tossing and turning in between, you know what? This is my best sort of visual moment of the episode, folks. Mm. But um, so when Homer and Marge are having a dance there, and um, 
massive Phoenix Knights here, folks. Um, American and international listeners, please watch. That band is very Les Alanos from Phoenix Knights with the organ. And then you just see um, this is some goofy dancing. And I'm about, I was about to roast it and thinking, oh, this is ridiculous. Like, what are they doing? And then Homer hits that like little shuffle like a bit of a Ric Flair strut. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I've definitely done that too many times in Corp, other Sheffield clubs, um, <laughs> Marsh back in Leicester, you name it. I've definitely done that. So I'm not one to judge on this. In fact, I saw a lot of myself and Homer in this bit. To be fair, they're ruling the fucking dance floor. They they don't give a shit about anything. Uh, well, they're not quite dancing like no one's watching there, but Homer is. I mean, I'm just looking back through it now. He's even pulling the same face that I would pull there, like a little sort of gorilla look there as you sort of just got... No, I'm going to do this little walk here because I'm like half cut on um you know rainbow pints there let, let me do this we're back at home and the kids realize like oh there's a babysitter bandit there and they're terrified there the chat and the teeth um like i said i like my 70s 80s cartoons got brought a watch them. this is very rhubarb and cuss just with the big grins and the tremor in that and you know that was very early 70s animation this and just made me remind me a lot of that and the little mm. screams and that really enjoyed it really cute but we get the reveal like Miss Botts is the babysitter bandit, folks, as she enters the room with a rope. And then that's the act break. That, like, IRL, Cal, that's terrifying. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think of the theme? I think the theme's great and how they handle with, like, technical child um, hostage situation here. But, like, yeah. could you make this now or could you make it as comical? Yeah. You know, your Home Alone situations and this babysitter bandit situation? Yeah, yeah. More of it, if anything. It's well, I don't know. I don't think it'd be done as a comedy, if I'm honest. Obviously, it's quite a dark sensation more than anything. But um, I don't know. You've got to have it here and there, haven't you? The kind of darkish t- uh, tones and such, and it's it's played for effects because obviously they tie up and then they watch the film. Uh, they put the, they put the tape back on much to Lisa. Lisa's just like, yeah, okay. Like, could be worse. Yeah, let's watch Happy Little Elves again and this is the absolute worst thing for Bart. Um, oh, another cool moment I really enjoyed is um, you know, kids are scattered, they're, tra- they're trying to escape and get away from her and Miss Botts goes down to the basement there trying to find Bart and she ends up finding these pickled beets there and Bart's on top of this cabinet you know, going like, go on, take them all! And he's ready to like cave a head in with that bowling ball but then of course like momentum physics get in the way and he just the momentum with the ball just tosses him over there and then you just realise like you know what I didn't hurt you let's not make a big deal out of this but they get tied up eventually Homer and Marge are now at the off ramp in there to um do the business as such there um you know what I don't mind it but I think it's just generally um with like like sex on telly or like alleged um sex on tv um i watched this on my ps4 um with my dad knocking around and just seeing the like alleged um especially when you see like after you know the blue thing with the things and like watching it with young eyes i didn't realize like um you know the moment right after where the hair's all messing that and yeah homer's out like a like post nut. Yeah. i just thought Oh, they've not done anything. I'm like, oh no, they've gone to bed. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's cute though. It's just, it's, you know, Marge Blesser looks very satisfied with herself, which 
Is all what really yeah, matters. Yeah, home is a right stud. To which she she decides that she's gonna phone the uh, phone the house. This this is a kind of like check in to see how everything is going. Um, to which she can't actually get uh, get through. Much to the dismay of Homer, <laughs> he really doesn't care. <laughs> so they're busy scurrying and leaving the off ramp. Whilst in the meantime, the kids are tied up and Miss Bots just rifling through the Samsons, uh, you know, goods and what have you. But Maggie slips down the stairs and just d- doesn't really question anything and just sticks on the happy little elves and Bart's willing to smack his head against the sofa. He does not want this at all, but Lisa coos over Maggie, you know, oh, you want to watch that again? Oh, well, you've got to help untie me there. And, you know, it gets done. And, um, yeah, I like I I I like I don't, from the side. It sounds like you don't really like this bit. No I, no 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 no. I kind no, of I, I, do, I didn't have an issue with this. I th- I thought it was quite nice. I th- I think it's kind of she acts realistically as well. Um, you know, getting out of bed, which tend to toddlers tend to do as well. Um, and and the fact that she's the, you, you do kind of realize you have a slight communication with them with kids. And, where you can kind of like ask them, is that what you want? Okay, well, if you do this for me, then uh, we'll, we'll watch that film again. Or, you know, if you eat your vegetables, then you can go play kind of thing. Um, so it's a nice little realistic thing, and it kind of shows the intelligence of Maggie, really. This leads to a plan that, well, predates like Home Alone as far as like hijinks and dealing with burglars and that. And like, I don't think I could have ever thought of this, but just smart of you know maggie luring miss bots in and then her just having a listen for that uh dummy there getting sucked and then turns out oh it was bart in a dark room as they club her with a baseball bat again in the eyes of a cartoon animated world um this is grand and i don't see it as sinister but again like i've listened to like other podcasts and they're like oh well you know bart you know beats a woman over the head with a bat she is dead like no she's not dead, obviously, like, I see where you're coming from, but don't be so, you know, snidey about it there. It was just, it's good it's self-defense. old school japes, isn't it? It's self-defense more than anything. Yeah, it is. It's just kind of like the kids get the upper hand over the evil villain, really, and save the day. Where did he actually, because, did he just run out? I can't remember this bit. Remember. No, they tie her up yeah. and put the happy little elves on in front of her, so they move, they move the body downstairs. Yeah. Um, Whilst um, you know, Marge and Home would come bursting through the door. Yes, and then and they, they go re- they go to like a payphone, don't they? And call because what do we get? Do we get a pri- is it cash prize? It's like oh, she gets convicted. We get t-shirts. Like, <laughs> score. That's a great little gag there. Yeah, <laughs> but then yes, yeah, so and Homer comes home. They both scream at, at what they've done. Um, I, to be fair, I'm gonna scrap what I said earlier is my favorite part. I think it's just this little interaction where it's just like. Please turn the TV off. How come all the lights are on? I don't like the looks of this. Miss Potts! Miss Potts! <gasps> Good Lord, what are those little hellions done now? We're so sorry. We're so sorry. Ugh. Please turn off the TV. <laughs> Stop yeah. the movie. Uh, and then they, they kind of uh, decide to... You know, let her go. Homer helps her with his bags, um, which are a bit more heavier than than before. Mm. Um, helps into a car, 
To which she goes, Mrs. Sanson, if I can give you a bit of advice, watch the boy. <laughs> he then tries to re- regale a story of how much of a shit he is. Um, but she speeds off before the, the police come with all the yeah. security. Bart crew. comes with all the camera crews, yeah. doesn't he? He's saying, oh, I've got the babysitter bandit here. And Homer said, wait a minute, you little devil. You know, I've just had her release, Miss Bart. And like all the media just surrounds him there. And I'm saying, you know, did you just say you let go of the babysitter bandit? What? You're the babysitter bandit. And I think, oh, you know, this was my best moment of the episode. Yeah, I think, yeah, visual is all good with the Larry Davis experience, dancing and all that. But yeah, this is my favourite gag of the show. Just Homer having to sort of trump his way around this. This way to the scene of the crime, man. I got her tied up in the den. Just a minute, young man. I don't know what kind of shenanigans you've been pulling this time, but I just had to untie your babysitter and pay her off so that... Excuse me, sir, are you saying to the world that you just aided and abetted the escape of the notorious babysitter bandit? The what? The babysitter bandit. Oh, uh, I, are you sure this microphone works? Oh, uh, well, uh, I wouldn't say I aided her. This is on, right? Because actually it was quite a struggle. Oh, Homer. Have you ever seen a kung fu movie? It was just like that. But now I know her moves. So if you're listening to me, lady, you'd better think long and hard before trying something like this on Homer Simpson again. Lord help me, I'm just not that bright. Oh, is, is this on? Um, yeah, well, it was like one of those kung fu movies, and he's just talking out of his absolute ass. I've been there loads of times, yeah. just like, yeah, well, now it's good, I've let her go, because next time, uh, you know, she sees me, oh, brother, she's going to get the business. <laughs> and did you see the caption uh, through the TV? Lo- is it local buffoon? Local boob. Boob. Homer Simpson. Oh, yeah. But with, uh, I mean, home even admits, you know, Lord help me, I'm not just that bright. But we get a nice sweet wrap up saying, "Oh well, you've taught your kids to sort of defend themselves and tie up a stranger, hog tie a stranger. You must be doing something right." Yeah. And then, then they uh, finish with a helping of like a second nut mm-hmm. <laughs> again, <laughs> and the credits roll, folks. Um, and that is how we end this episode. So, Cal, um, please give us your final and overall thoughts, and then your own unique rating out of five, please. Uh, yeah, I think it's a serviceable episode. Obviously, you know it does have its issues with the animation and such. I think the the whole animation with Mrs. Botts um, is is very good. I like you know she's very um, emotive in in how she looks sometimes and such. Especially when she's been hog tied, she takes it off and her lips are still in the same way and rises as though she's not blinked in however <laughs> long. Um, I think. I think toward I think the episode kind of picks up more towards the end of it, really. Um, but it's it, it's a fine episode. I I can't I I can't be too harsh on it. It's it is kind of forgettable. Um, but you do have those kind of little nuggets of the future greatness what will come. Um, more than anything, um, out of Five, I'd have to give it. Um, I'd have to give it a f- two point four floating lobsters out of five. What about yourself? Ah, very good choice, sir. Um, for me, uh, I think I match a lot of your sentiments now. See, 
I think about like oh initially you know when this was viewed in 1990 and that and not knowing that there's all these production problems that it's uh you know it's pretty good but then thinking about looking back on it now and how animation's aged and the whole this is shit change it change all but you know 30 percent of it um has me thinking another way but the animation is what it is they went through their troubles but like you say it gets better towards the third act you know it gets better by the final act I like Miss Botts' character. I wish they brought her back. Mm. I think she could have had a lot of potential there, you know, scheming and such there with Snake. They use her in, like, background quite a bit. Um, I think when Marge goes to prison, she's in the background there as well. Um, It'd be interesting to to know what the the 70%, what was scrapped. Was it the story? Was it just the animation? Um, What was scrapped? Or... Because I... The thirty percent's got to obviously be the, you know, the bit with the babysitter and, and stuff because that's obviously the stronger bit. But it'd be interesting to know if there's any, if there's anybody who knows. I like Marge and you know Homer going on the cute date and that. Um, Bart, um, you know, saw saw a lot of myself of, saw a lot of myself uh, with Bart. You know, the elves, the elves, and just yeah. not willing to put up with that and trying his best and such. Um. So with that all being said, I am going to go with two and a half out of five um, leaving Pedros. <laughs> Very good. Get ready to squeeze every penny and be the most ignorant gaijin in Japan because we're going to season 10 with 30 minutes over Tokyo. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. And the same on Twitter as well, at TyleTMC, or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.